there's never, it's never too late to do any planning. It's never, I can't begin to tell you how many people we've worked with that are in their nineties and you know, it's never too late. Welcome back to another episode of Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life, where we explore ways to achieve those two goals and people come on to help us who are fantastic, who are just fantastic and inspirational. And that's why I'm so excited that today we have Deborah Shotsky with us. She's the founder of BPP Wealth Solutions, which is a fully female-run and operated registered investment advisory firm. Uh, they help their clients achieve their dreams through their security income planning process that is founded on three principles, build, protect, and preserve. Deborah, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh my God, it's such a privilege. Like I, I'm just so joyous with being able to talk to people about things that really matter. And you've been really shining a light on that. So thank you so much. Thank you, Deborah. I love that you're, you know, I love your website too, because it's not just like, here's what you need to do. It's like, hey, this is what we're reading this week. And this is what we're cooking. And I just love that personal touch. It's really fun. And it allows people to get to know you as a human. It's really, and you know, it's so funny because I was hoping that would be the case, you know, because you know, you, you do stuff and you don't know what attracts <laughs> people. And I just find that there's so many things I want to know about people. You know, what are they reading? What are they cooking? You know, what are they watching? And especially with COVID, that became such an important distraction for us. Thank you for noticing that because it's really something I really think is important. Yeah. And I love finding out what people, it's always amazing to me. Like, I'll think that's like, I was just with somebody having lunch and they're in their nineties. And it always cracks me up when I ask people what they're reading or watching. It's so not what I would have ever expected. I saw a book on the on the list that my mom's reading and she said I have to read it, which is uh, Lessons in Chemistry. I adored it. Oh my God. I went through that book so fast. And then I listened to it on audibles, which was even better, believe it or not. And then I can't wait to see the show. They just released it, but I'm finishing the morning show. So I don't want to, uh, I want to finish the morning show and then I'll go to lessons in chemistry on Apple, Fun. which is good. Yeah. It's a, it's a mixed blessing when they bring our movie, our books to life. It's like, is that, is that the way I pictured that person? And you have to reimagine them in a whole different way. It's so true. But the thing I loved about that book was, you know, just the example of what we're doing is, you know, it's really the light of bringing women and allowing them to really be who they are. And when you do that, I mean, that's what I loved about it. When she was being a cook, being a chemist as a cook, everybody wants that. I mean, everybody wants that authentic passion. Women I think are the best at it, you know, and that's why I love having um, these conversations with so many awesome women like yourself. And, and like you said, you know, I think I'm one of three firms in the nation that's all women. And it wasn't designed that way. I love that it is that way. Um, it really wasn't designed that way, but there's something magical for most of our clients are still men, believe it or not. We have a lot of women clients, but if people love the environment, and I think there's something special about um, what we bring to the financial table, and there's just not a lot of us yet. And actually, your talk about finding a passion and doing something that you really love kind of segues us into something that I wanted to talk about anyway, which is goal setting, like financial goal setting. How do we figure out 
how much we, you know, you ask someone, oh, how much do you think you need to be happy? And they'll come up with some ridiculous, oh, $10 million. But that's such a crazy and for most of us unattainable goal. I think it just, it stymies us. It keeps us from actually thinking that our goals could even be realistic. How do you help your clients to sort of become realistic about what could be a real cool, awesome, amazing financial future for them, but that's also attainable. You know, I love the way you framed that because you're right. Either people do it from this absolutely outrageous, I want to be a billionaire, or they do it out of survival. How can I just figure out how to make enough money to pay my bills? And we've completely blown that out of the water. Um, And how we do it, I know, right? Hey, (laughs) how we do that is by actually getting people to write down what they really are spending. And it's easy because most people charge everything. And with Apple Pay, you know, it's easier than ever to really get information from people. And even if they're unable to do it because they just don't want to, we make them send us their charge cards and all of that stuff. And we'll charge them more, but we'll put it together for them. And, you know, it's pretty easy to do a cash flow analysis when you can get real information. So we do it. We make people do it. We make them give it to us and not like making force them, but really inspire them to what they can do if they had that information. So we start off with cash flow. That's what security income plan, my process that I registered a hundred years ago. That's what it's about. It's really starting out with the cash flow, but we start out with the real cash flow. And then what we do, which makes it so much more enjoyable for people is we put in what their dreams are. What kind of vacations do you want to take? Or what kind of schools do you want your kids to go to? Let's have fun with We know what your floor is. We've got that. How much money do you want to have at retirement? Where do you want to live? What kind of life do you want to, if you could live your life now without money being in it? problem. What would you be doing? And it's so amazing to me, Christine. It's not a big deal for people to develop their plan in such an inspirational way when you actually look at what the facts are. And then you layer in what your life could be if you really could do the things that you want and you build a budget and a plan around that. It's so much more enjoyable. It makes it real. Unfortunately, we don't train people to learn about budgeting, accounting, finance. I'm miffed by it. (laughs) How do we not have all of our high school kids really learning these common sense things? But they don't. So the older you get without doing it, the harder it gets. And, and that's why just bringing it down to realistic situation and then building on what's real and then seeing if you could actually accomplish what you want. It's amazing when people see the progress. Begins to build on itself, right? That energy begins to build on itself. Now you're happy to let go of the latte or whatever, the silly little things that you were spending your money on. Because I see that with people a lot when they don't think there's any hope for them to ever get out of debt or whatever. They just spend frivolously because they just figure, what difference does it make? It's just another zero on my credit card statement. Yeah, it was really, and where it really got so powerful for me about 20 years ago, um, a client came into my office and unbelievably decorated. I mean, unbelievably educated, unbelievably, you know, working for the most prestigious organizations. And, you know, she was unbelievably scared because she just went through a divorce. She's one of the stories in my book, actually, Chaos to Joy. 
And she was the one that inspired me to actually uh, write the book. But it was unbelievable because here, single mom, two of two, working for prestigious organizations. And when I did her cash flow, they were talking about somebody frugal, but she wanted her kids to go to the best schools. And when I did her analysis, I said, you need to ask her a huge raise. And I, I'm talking about $50,000. And she's like, there's no way I can ask for $50,000. And I said, no, you have to ask for $50,000. First of all, you're working for organizations that can afford it, number one. Number two, you're not asking it because you're going out on a spending spree. In order for you to live frugally and be able to pay for your kids' education and save for your retirement, this is something that you would really allow you to do that. And they can either say yes, no, or maybe something in between, but you have to ask. And so she did, and she got it. And it completely changed her life because she had no real words around finance and money. And for her, it was the scariest thing she could have ever done. But when you come from it from, I'm not asking for this because I want to fly privately or around the world. And even if you come from that, I don't even care. But when you come from a place of real knowledge as to why you're asking for that and allow yourself to deal with the numbers in a way that it's not so scary, it becomes really transformative. And I'm sure it wasn't even just the money that transformed her life, right? It was asking for this thing and getting it. All of a sudden you get a whole new perspective of your own value, not just to this company, but to, to yourself, to the world, to your children. It just changes the whole dynamic, right? Completely. And, you know, especially after a divorce, I don't care if you're the woman or the man in a divorce, you know, so much is, is changed at that moment, you know, and to be able to build those kind of blocks for yourself where, and that's one of the things I love about doing cash flow because it's a block you can build and it's a block you can work with help helpers like us or many other wonderful planners and you can actually establish your words around it and build a plan so that you can see how you can do different things from day to day that will make a difference. Like you said, you know, maybe not get that latte, maybe have a reasonable latte machine at your home and you make a latte before you leave in the morning. You know, there's, there's so many ways to actually have things that you want that are meaningful without breaking the bank. Yeah. And those small things, I mean, how good does it actually make you feel to go buy a latte in the morning? It just begins to feel mechanical. It's not a treat. It's not, it's just like, this is just what I do. Right. So it's not even like you're not rewarding yourself. You could still have the latte. You could have the, you can have the fun and joy of watching that money grow. And it's just so much more empowering once you figure it all out, right? Once you have a plan that feels realistic. Uh, it's really, it's so amazing. And that's why I always love to have these conversations because, you know, most people don't like to do it because they don't want to see the numbers. And I, and I always emphasize that when you see the numbers, you have so much power. There's so much you can do. You actually can make really good choices for yourself and say, you know what, instead of the lattes, I'd rather save money in my 401k or I'd rather go on a vacation. Oh yeah. my God, what a concept. Yeah. Would you give up lattes for a year to have an amazing, you know, cruise around the world or something? Uh, yeah. Having that dream 
and, and recognizing, right. Cause sometimes even when we're thinking about, oh, I have to plan for my retirement and it just doesn't feel even that thrilling because it's so far, it feels so far away, although it creeps up very quickly. <laughs> right. And then, but when you start to think like, this is what my life could be like, even today, this is how it could change today and make my vacations more amazing and make my family less stressed. And do you see a lot of impact on that? Like the family dynamic as a couple or a family starts to get a handle on their finances? It's actually dreamy. The next book I'm doing is I was going to do, so chaos to joy is all stories about women that came to me with really horrific situations. And without the intervention of good planning, they would be on the streets almost. It, it was that bad. Um, so, and that's not how their lives ended. Their lives not ended. Their lives are incredible. Absolutely incredible. All of them, different levels and all just incredible because they got strong and and around money, investing, about designing a life based on what you really want, what's really important. And the second book was going to be all men. It was Chaos to Satisfaction. But I decided to do the third book first, which is Chaos to True Wealth. Um, and the reason that I decided to do that one is because of what you just said about family. Having an understanding of your core values, what's really the core values you want the next generations to know were the key components that made you as a individual or a couple or a family is really incredible. And it changes the dynamic in the family so magnificently um, that it's really why I want to get into it for this next um, book. Because this morning at seven o'clock, I had a Zoom with a 22-year-old. And she's the granddaughter of one of my large clients. And she was so excited to be 22 years old, have her first job. She's just about to have her year anniversary um, from her first job. And finally, be able to talk about her budget and her future. And the only reason she's so excited is because she saw the difference it made for her grandparents and her parents. She could not believe the change in them. And it started with the parents. Her parents um, really never knew how to budget. Um, they came from a family filled with financial people, but they weren't. You know, the mom was a, a nurse and the dad's a, uh, you know, an architect. And they're really incredible salt of the earth people and never had an opportunity to really create a plan for themselves because they were so busy raising their three kids and and doing that. But we finally, when we met, we met because um, they decided to do a plan. And we did their plan. She asked that I show her parents her plan. I say, why? It's interesting. Her siblings were all in the finance business and she wasn't. She was a nurse and she wanted her parents to see what the nurse did for her plan, her future, and for her kids. And the parents were so overwhelmed by it in such a beautiful way because they would, you know, they would help her out. And it was more or less like we're helping our daughter out because she's not going to make the money that our other kids are going to make. And it changed completely when they saw her plan 
And instead of them giving them money because they weren't going to make it, they were blown away by the work and the effort that went in to figuring out, number one, really what their plan should be, how they were going to accomplish what was really important to them for their kids' education, for their retirement, for their lifestyle today, and have it all organized in a package. And when the parents saw it, they said, we need this. This is what we've wanted our whole life. And um, it was really fun to do their plan, but what came out in doing their plan was really what the core values that they wanted their grandchildren to know about that. I find doing core values as one of the most satisfying exercises there is because every family has different core values. And yet when you look at the family feuds and the fighting, that if the family all agreed on their core, understood what the parents' core values were and saw the agreement that these small little differences are not worth fighting about because when you look at the core, our parents, oh my God, they did everything they could to make sure we had a good education. That's powerful. Well, they did everything they could to make sure that we were safe. You know, what? we did everything we could to make sure that smart spending was part of our narrative. Um, you know, whatever the core values are, family, spending time with family, they're doing everything they can. And it isn't until you put your words and your plan around your core values that all of a sudden these family feuds start to disappear. And for me to have 7 a.m. Zoom, as I was not excited <laughs> about having 7 a.m. Zoom, <laughs> so awesome to see the the results of years of work with her grandparents and her parents and to have the point to be there so bright-eyed and excited. You're excited about financing? Are you kidding me? Um, but she was. Well, it's interesting, well, it's interesting because we talk about leaving a legacy, right? We want to leave a legacy, but maybe it's not just about leaving them some type of financial legacy, but actually giving them a legacy to understand their own finances and create the plan for themselves and the budget, right? This this child sounds like she probably won't need necessarily to be left money by the grandparents and parents because she's going to have her own, right? Fantastic plan of that talks about all of her goals. It's, that's fan, That's wonderful. I love hearing that. You know, and you're right on, Chris. What you just said was so powerful because our industry is failing. So 99% of the financial services organization spend money doing planning regarding the money and regarding the transfer of wealth, the money of wealth. And yet we all know that the first, um, you know, the grandparents make it, the kids spend it, and the grandkids are back in the uh, work again. You know, it doesn't last three generations consistently. You know, 74%, I think it is, uh, doesn't even make it to the third generation. More than that is what you just said about values and about this granddaughter seeing the effects of taking the time, spending the money, doing the plan, and communicating it so that at 22, their main goal, the grandparents' main goal, is that the kids spend time with their family and do meaningful work and that they're educated and that they do smart, that they smart spending is part of it. Um, 
you know, and that they contribute to their community and the world. That's this family's core values. And when you look, have this conversation with a 22 year old and she's like excited, I sent her tons of stuff that I send to everybody, which are the pages, the budget stuff and, and you know, what your insurance is and what your will or your durable power attorney, your healthcare proxy. And so I sent her this whole package and she's after the call, she's like, I'm gonna work on that this weekend. I'm excited. You know, you don't get that. And the only reason that she really means it is because she sees the difference it made for both her parents or grandparents. And she sees the difference it's made for her life, having control. Yeah. But not only that, you know, I'm thinking about when she starts to, you know, be seriously dating people and thinking about a future with somebody, just knowing her own core values and what's important to her, she's going to make different choices perhaps than she would if she was just, oh, I'm in love, you know, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with love, right? But if you have completely different core values, it's going to be a tough road. And nobody talks about that. And that's why divorce is what percentage is like ridiculous now. Um, Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And, and the only way to, I agree with you, the only way to actually, I think the only way to really upgrade the relationships, the young and the old relationships is to be clear about what's really important to you. And it's easier to see it when you look at it through the grandchildren for some people. Um, because a lot of people we work with are older, so their kids are grown. So they kind of say, well, there's not much I can do, but that's not true. You know, that is not true. You change the way you act. It's amazing how it changes the way everybody else responds to. I think there must be a real art to helping people discover their core values. There is. And it's, it's actually easy because people already know them. They just didn't really put the words to that. And, um, you know, and like I said, when you ask about future generations, like what do you want your future generations to really know about you? What really matters to you? You know, and then they start thinking and, you know, sometimes they don't know. We have a list of topics for them to at least start because sometimes it's the start that is the hardest thing, you know, because there's so many, you know, oh my God, you know, what do I want? But we find that it's usually five or six is really the most that um, you really want to have. And it's really, it starts usually with either family or education. That's what we find, you know, okay, well, what about family? You have a family. What is it? What is that word, that definition? about your family that you really want people to know and you want generations to know. And, you know, it's so interesting. What does loving mean to you? I want a loving family. Okay, what does that mean to you? And the more descriptive we get or more specific we get about that legacy, the clearer we are, the better it is for everybody. You know, and education, what does education mean? I mean, I know lots of people that don't go for formal education that are incredibly successful. What does education mean to you? You know, what does community service mean? Does it mean writing checks? Does it mean actually doing stuff? What does that mean? You know, what does being healthy mean? You know, eating a donut and going for a run, is that what you mean? Everybody has what they think they want, 
but it's interesting in getting them to put it on paper and in a way where it's specific and measurable. It helps, I would think, their lifestyle to align with their, you'd be more rewarded, I guess, and feel more fulfilled if your lifestyle is actually aligning with your core values once you figure them out. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I can't tell you how many families we've done this with now that were fighting. The kids were fighting and there was all this angst, especially with the politics stuff that's been going on in the last... God, I can't even take it anymore. And nobody on their core values has politics. I just want you to know. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Uh, pull out their core values. Pull out your core values. I don't see politics on there. Mm -mm. No, no fighting over politics. Um, you could talk about issues, but none of this. But you know, it's really, it's really amazing to me how many families really change. So there were these dynamics of people not saying things, but people, well, perfect example, one big client, um, you know, mega, well, they love their kids. They're very generous with their kids, but they were fighting with them left and right. And they were fighting with them because one kid was spending too much money and they didn't like that. So they would constantly, you know, nitpick. And another one was traveling all the time and, and, you know, just living, they're like, you know, everybody was doing different things. And there was all these arguments about things. And when we put the core values down, it, what it was for the family is that grandparents were very frugal and smart spending was really critical to them. But they never used those words for their kids and their grandkids to understand that. So a lot of the hissiness around what was happening in the family was that there was upset and anger about ridiculous spending and once the parents actually said you know what's really important for us is smart spending and here's why and that's really critical for not only us but we really want we really want that for you and your kids is that something that you could see as being important too and sometimes it's not and that's okay, but let's have a conversation about the thing that's upsetting us versus, you know, the little digs that we do in our families um, to just start different wars. It's not meaningful. So that's what core values allows us to do is actually put into words and actions um, things that we may be mad about with family members that if they understood why. From our perspective, it doesn't mean you have to live that way. Um, it would help the communication and the life. Yeah, absolutely. It does give you a nice, clear framework of like, th this is why, because they might not even realize why they're upset. They might not even realize how much they're nitpicking, right? And how disappointed they are maybe about the choices their kids are making. But then when you start to recognize, well, oh, well no wonder I'm grouchy about this thing because this is what's really important to me and they're just not reflecting that in their lifestyle so it's, it's so your therapist <laughs> yeah exactly a therapist is right you know it's funny um somebody posted a funny cartoon and said um people say that um my financial therapist is really not a therapist but I don't know how you would ever work with somebody in finance without it being part of what's really important. Yeah. So 
it's just a different part of the therapy. I mean, it's probably possible. And I know people have been really happy with very little, but can you really be happy with lots of debt, right? It's one thing to have not a lot of money coming in, but to actually have that debt hanging over your head. I just, I think it'd be very easy and very difficult to have like a carefree, happy life if you know that this is just waiting for you. You know, it's a, I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, the low interest rates really, it, it was like candy for debt. And um, people are really struggling now. And they're only going to start to feel it now because, you know, when you're paying two and a half, three percent, zero interest on, you know, trains, planes, and automobiles, it's a big difference. And then all of a sudden now, the variable rates are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve percent. Um, it's a real bear. It's going to be really hard to go from two and three and zeros to tens, elevens, and twelves oh, yeah. without it really, really ruining your financial picture. And this is this is now the time where everyone hasn't done plans really needs to you've got to figure out ways to deal with your debt you you have to it is not going down to two three and four percent anytime soon and the burden that debt creates not only on eating away your goals but also like you said sleeping at night how am i going to pay for this is not worth it because there are ways to plan your way many times out of these situations, but you cannot put your head under the pillow and just wait for it to end because it's going to end badly. Frightening. I mean, how are people going to, you know, it's hard, you know, setting people up now to buy homes is much different than it was two years ago. When you first start working with somebody, what is, what is, does that always sort of look the same? Do you bring them through a, a similar process? Um, regardless of where, where they're coming to you from? Absolutely, always. I find process is the key to build any really good business yeah. um, because it's reliable and it's, you know, and people have a better and better experience every time. So we're very strict about our process. Um, it's, it's critical in that we, you know, like anything, if you have good information, you have really good results. If you have bad information, you have bad results. And the last thing we ever want to do is spend somebody's time and money because we charge for our plans. Our plans are incredibly in-depth and accurate. Um, and we we go through everything. You know, I have um, some of the people on my team are attorneys, some of them are accountants, everybody's financially educated. But at the end of the day, the process is always the same. The first thing we do is get all of their financial information. And like I said, and you know, before, if we can't get it from them because they don't, they can't do it. Um, and there's people that just can't. We just get access to everything we can from them: statements, bills, um, you know, anything. And we'll put the plan together for them. And once we get all of the nitty gritty from the tax returns, from all their bank accounts, from, you know, all their investment accounts, from all of their charge cards, from their cash that they're, you know, that's why we get the bank accounts because we can see the ATMs, you know, it's made easy now. 
the Apple Pay, the worst. I mean, that's just dangerous. You know, and then when we get their income, you know, everybody knows their income, but they don't know their deductions. You know, so it's really amazing how we show them very specifically, here's your income, here are the deductions, and and here's what your opportunities are. Because you, it's hard to do that without the floor of what you have. And once you have the floor of the foundation, then where we have fun is say, okay, if we could dream now big, what is it that you would want? You know, and a lot of people want to pay off their debt. And, you know, how can we do that? They want to retire at some age. Um, some, I'm finding more and more people aren't retiring. I can't tell you how many 80-year-old clients I have that are not retiring. They're, and they're so happy. They're adorable and useful. And they love it, you know. I even have a client who's wealthy who went to work for Home Depot just so that, you know, he can do something, you know, I just want to do something. Okay, good. You know, and, but what's nice about it is that when you start to layer in what you think you want into what you have, and then you start to work on really what we said, what your goals and your dreams are, and we start to design the plan and we take little steps, you know, just let's start putting more money into the 401k. Let's not take money from here. Let's pay off this debt. Like, um, this way and just going through the details um, the first part is the cash flow once we finish the cash flow part then we do a great deep dive in their investments and it amazes me how people don't look at their investments and they don't look at I was at this company seven years ago what's it doing oh I left it over there in that 401k why? You can't manage it if it's over there. And so then we try to organize all their investments. And then we do a, a review of the investments with Morningstar and Y charts, which is a great analysis tool. And we say, okay, here's what you have. This is what's working. This needs improvement. Fix it. So we fix it with them. And then the next thing is on the, that's build. Protect is all insurances. What's your medical insurance? What's your long-term care situation? 80% of the people living past their 60s, they're saying is going to use long-term care of some form for some time. That's, that's crazy, but you can see it. So many, I have my father who's in an assisted living now, and, and I have a 17-year-old. So many of us are dealing with these sandwich situations where we need to plan and we need to know what our insurances offer us and what we have and what we can have or what we don't need. And then the last part is the preserving. So it's build, that's where BPP comes in, build for building investments, P for protecting insurances, preserve for documents. And that's when we do the review of their wills, their durable power of attorneys, their healthcare proxies, their tax returns. and just making sure that it all organizes itself around what you want and that everything is doing what it is that you want is our process. And we just keep build, protect, preserve, build, protect, preserve. And as people grow through their lives, we're constantly doing the review that way. And it just makes it very easy for people to actually feel confident about what they have. 
So the process is critical. The parts of it are not separate. We won't do one part without doing all the parts. We may do one part first because it's an emergency situation, but then we'll circle back and just keep doing it that way. And people get so much freedom when they understand that they have options, choices, and can actually move forward with things that they want. It's amazing how the universe just falls into place once you tell it what you want. Oh my God, that is so true. <laughs> when you're really accurate, you're not just saying, oh, I want to have, I want to have a billion. And for you, what? You what for a job? And you spend how much? <laughs> universe is a little confused. Yeah, exactly. Your actions do not match your words. Let's get that straight. <laughs> Deborah, oh. how much do you feel your childhood? I was reading about, and we had a similar upbringing. I think I remember my mom used to have one of those clickers, and we'd walk through everything she bought. She added it up on the clicker because she only had a certain amount of money. We had to make sure we could pay for the groceries. But how much do you think that initial sort of money discomfort, maybe, or how would you how would you phrase that that you grew up with? Fear? How much that impacted you? Yeah, the fear. I mean, it it really you know that's why the that's why i brought it up in the book it was really core scary um you know and all of us have that there is i don't think i don't care how wealthy a family is or how poor a family is we all have those core scary moments where we realize that whether it's around money or or um, emotions or a lot of things um but it was really it was really transformative for me because you know here you are you have your family and you think everything's all right and then it all blows up it's not the fact that we're going to prevent ourselves from blow-ups it's the speed of which we can recover from that and I really want to say that again it's not the fact that we're not going to have blow-ups we're going to have blow-ups you know we're going to you know some of us will get divorced some of us will lose family members that way too young some of us will get sick and have to deal with that, or most of us will if we live the way they're saying we're going to live to. Yeah. Um, you know, all this stuff, we're going to lose jobs. We're going to have things happen. It's our reaction speed that's really going to make the difference. And the reaction speed can only come out of the habits we build out of those blow up. I think building really core habits. So like your mom with the clicker, we became very conscious, you know, as to what we were spending. And 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 it went the other way for me. I used to be one of those people that would spend too much and, and do that. And then it occurred to me that was so out, that was not in line with who I am. And again, I had to bring consciousness to myself, but that was an easy way for me to respond to that fear of not knowing if we were going to have it. And I think that's why people overspend anyway, is because it it's very fear-based. Yeah. Um, so that made a big difference for me. I know it colors why I do what I do and why I love doing it, um, because I do love protecting people. And, you know, that's what came out of it. I was so vulnerable and so afraid. And then building my um, education around that, trying to protect myself from that emotional fear again, um, and working with people to protect them through that uh, is really useful. And um, it's changed, it made my life rich.
And changed a lot of people's lives in the process. And that's what's so great about that really vulnerable stuff is that if we actually start learning how to communicate about it and start building something important around it to not have that be what runs us, but have the result we want out of that run us. You know, it's and, and it's like what you said before, you know, it's what you say you do and what you do matter. Deborah, I love talking to you. I could talk to you for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I mean, when I saw that we were going to talk, I was so excited because we really are very kinder spirits. I mean, we are, we really have a message that is so important. And, um, and the more that we can have people realize that it doesn't take a lot of time money or energy to really plan well and do well and, and live well. Figuring out what's important, like core values is so powerful, such a simple thing, but not so simple. No, nobody talks about it, you know, and, and yet it's, it's the thing we're all fighting about. So he's talking about it, but when you get down to it, you know, we, we spent a lot of time, my husband and I spent a lot of time um, in the microfinance world where we were helping a lot of poor people that really had no access to capital, uh, gain education and capital around learning about money and learning about how to earn it, learning about how to save it and all the stuff that I do on a professional level. We did that um, in a not-for-profit situation. And we went to Bangladesh um, for our first real study of microfinance from uh, Muhammad Yunus, who won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2006. We went to visit him in Bangladesh and really go out and look at the bank that he was unbelievably creating, building, and, and having so many women get out of poverty and so magnificently. And it was shocking to me that when I got out to the countryside, not the city, the city was filled with poor, um, like that unbelievable poor that I've never witnessed anywhere else and, and just the pain and suffering you feel in the city. But the weird thing about it is when you went to the countryside, um, they were still just as poor, but they were happy. It's because they didn't have this image of wanting to have so much money. Their core value was to really enjoy their family and their lives on the countryside. So maybe they would get a chicken with the money that they got. So they had eggs you know, so that they could feed their family to make their family um, live a better life. Yeah. But it was really more amazing to me how the kids were playing and, and the interaction. And it really showed me what core values, going back to that, where it's not money, but it's really meaningful to your life and your family, um, isn't talked about as much. And that's why I'm glad that this new generation of of communications are coming out more from that perspective. Now, Deborah, is there anything that you wish I would have asked you that we haven't touched on? Anything you want to make sure that people know? There's never, it's never too late to do any planning. It's never. I can't begin to tell you how many people we've worked with that are in their 90s. And, you know, it's never too late. Um, there's something magical when you take a stand for yourself and make sure that you could actually examine what it is that you're doing and have professionals, skilled professionals guide you. I don't know why anybody in this world would wanna do it without professionals. We're so blessed in our country that we have so many talented people. Um, 
you know, take advantage of them. Deborah, how can people get in touch with you? How can they buy your book? If you go, uh, Amazon sells it. So you can go to Amazon and Chaos to Joy is the name of the book by Deborah Shotsky. You can go to our website, which is even more fun. It and, fun. It's a great um, website. <laughs> thank you. And you can, you know, um, it has access to our uh, book and, and you, there's so much you can learn as well. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, anything we can give you, anything we can help anybody with, ask. I mean, what's been lovely about doing these podcasts is people have been actually writing in questions and there is no stupid question. I And we don't charge for questions and we don't charge for, you know, taking any of the information. I mean, we give away our, our, um, our worksheets, you know, um, it's just important. It's important that we all really um, stand up for ourselves and make sure that um, we access as much information to help us as possible. Thanks so much, Deborah. Thank you. And thank you, listener, for listening. Who do you know right now that needs Deborah's help? Who can really benefit from hearing her message, from understanding her core values? Who do you think of someone right now who is? frustrated and struggling with the idea of money and having enough and having a life that they love and forward this episode to them because they will thank you so much. I bet you can think of more than one person. And then be sure to be here next week and we'll find out what fun things are happening then. In the meantime, have a wonderful week.